You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 132. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? Embracing for Snowmageddon 2020. Ooh, that sounds fun. It's, we're getting a dumping. Uh, my <laughs> wife's work, the, the, so she works on the Quebec side uh, okay. as an elementary school teacher. And they've already said, like, before a, a single snowflake fell, they're like, guys, don't even come in tomorrow. We have closed the schools for tomorrow, which they don't do. They don't do it very right. often. And they're just like, we're not even waiting. It's just not happening. Don't even bother showing up because we're locking the doors today. Wow, that's, a, that's impressive when you know that it's going to be so bad that you shut it down the day before. Yeah. Meanwhile, my son's schools are like, ah, it's fine. Whatever. Just show up anyway. So like, meanwhile, the, the, the bus kids are going to have a snow day, but my kids are going to be able to go to school. So it's great for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mitch wins. Mitch and my wife. Both of us and will be able to stay home. It's going to be great. Good point. And Mitch and the missus are going to have a nice day together. Me, I didn't have a whole lot going on today. Just a regular Wednesday. Uh, but I am excited to get into some Islanders trade deadline Oh, man, how much fun was that trade deadline? It was a blast. It was really... Sorry. Let's reverse. First off, we have an addition, right? Good call. We're the 132nd episode of the Eyes on Isles podcast, so we take every episode above 100 and find a player who's played that many games for the Islanders. So at 32, I've went for James Wisniewski. Okay. I think you know who he is. Uh, So this is the James Wisniewski edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. Uh, We'll get to him a little bit later in the show. Uh, I'll have three questions for you, Matt. It starts off real easy, and it gets real hard real quick. Fantastic. Just how I like it. Just because I know it's not like, what position did he play? I'm sure you already know that. (laughs) So I don't want to toss you too many gimmies because then, and plus we all get to hashtag learn something. Big into learning over here. Uh, Yeah. So there's that. And then uh, do we want to go over the games real quick before we talk about the deadline, or do we want to get into deadline? No, we're gonna go over the games and stuff. I just that was my, I don't know. I was excited, Mitch. I, I jumped the gun a little bit. We're gonna put a pin in that one. We're gonna come back to it. We are going to start with the three games the New York Islanders played. So they decided they decided to start scoring goals right before the trade deadline. Gotta be honest, had me a little bit nervous heading into the deadline because I thought Lou was gonna sit there and say, "Told you, four goals in back-to-back games. We are riding high. We're fine." Against the Red Wings and the Sharks, lulls. <laughs> Two of the five worst teams in the league. 
Yeah, exactly. So uh, I was a little bit nervous, but it was good to see the offense come around for sure. Yeah, and we also forget that pre this um, four-game road trip, the Islanders' offense was pretty good, right? They put up, was it four against the Canucks? Another three. Anyways, they, they scored a bunch beforehand aside from the Tampa Bay game. So it seems that they can't score on the road right now. Right now, their big issue is playing on the road. And I don't think they have a road trip for a little bit, although they, they do go out now, but I don't think it's a road trip, is it? They go to St. Louis, and then they're back in town, aren't they? Yes, I'm almost positive that's right. I'm going to check the schedule right now. Uh, yes, yes, it is. So they don't have an extended road trip, I believe, until March when they go to uh, Western Canada, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yeah, they go to right. Vancouver on the 10th, and they don't come back home until the 17th with games between the 10th, 12th, 13th, and 15th against the Canucks, Flames, Oilers, and Penguins. That's going to be a tough stretch right there. Yeah, that is an extremely tough stretch. And, uh, I mean, that's why we were nervous for so long about the deadline. But uh, but I keep wanting to go talk about the deadline. That's fine. Uh, we'll get to it. This is going to be deadline heavy. Yeah, it is. Uh Games, though, 2-0-1. The one last night is what bothered me the most, which I think we should probably, of the three games, spend them a little bit more time on that. Oh, yeah. Look, they beat the Red Wings. Who didn't? Uh, they beat the Sharks. Again, who doesn't? Uh, even though they're playing a little bit better, the Sharks are. Uh, and they tied, not tied, but they lost in overtime to the Rangers in not an embarrassing fashion, but an embarrassing for the league fashion. Yeah, it was, but it was... The third period was just weird. It was really weird, that third period. It was. So before we get into this, if you wanted our instant reaction to this, uh, we record a post-game podcast after every single New York Islanders game. Like, I'm going to a cabin and that has no Wi-Fi, but I'm going to make sure I drive half an hour to, to get to this pod, pre, uh, post-game podcast. That's how important these patron post-game podcasts are. So if you want to hear our instant take between 20 and 30 minutes long after every game, sign up for our patron. That's patron.com slash eyes on aisles. It's five bucks a month. It's well worth the money. Do it today. Absolutely. Totally worth it. Appreciate all the love and support over there as well. But this game, like we said, third period. So uh, I guess the Dal Cole hit is where things started to get weird. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly where it started to get weird. Uh, Dal Cole gets rocked by uh, Jacob Truba, and it looks borderline uh, illegal hit to the head. Clearly, NHL doesn't think so. I think it is. Um, but the NHL isn't suspending him. They're not even fining him. Absolutely nothing. They think it's lickety queen uh, clean. My God, I can't talk. They think it's super clean. It's squeaky clean. No problems there. Did you see the picture of Michael Del Cole today? Yeah. Bleeding profusely from his face. Yeah. So um, if you don't know what I'm talking about on, on Twitter, you could find it. It was put out from a bunch of different people. But uh, basically... Uh, it's a really good shot from, I guess, one of the cameramen who cover the Islanders games. And uh, it, it captures down Cole with a clear cut, like right above his eye, and there's just blood dripping down his face. Just think about that for a second. He's got a cut above his eyebrow. He wears a visor that goes below the eyebrow, right below the eyes even, right? It sits just below the eye socket. Um, if his head was down, as people suggest, then that would have been driven into his cheek or even into his like lip type of area, right in that general area, not above his eyebrow. That's how he hit, he got hit by Truba, L, or shoulder right into the head first, and they're like, ah, there's no problem there, guys. What are you talking about? This is Al Cole's fault for having his head down. 
Yeah, I was going to say, on. it's almost like I'm not, again, this is not a math nor a science podcast. We're both dummies. Uh, but I feel like if physics, right, the defenseman would have to, or person would have to do some kind of upward motion to get Dal Cole's upper eye to bleed. Yep. Yep. It just, to me, seems like laws of physics, but I'm the dummy because when you look at it, you're going, that's. To, to them, they're high. I wrote this in the newsletter, so if you haven't seen the newsletter, again, patron feature, you're welcome. Um, go there, and I wrote exactly what the NHL is. They didn't come out and say this, but this is clearly what they're going behind. Um, rule 48.1, sub point two, and they're essentially blaming Dal Cole for putting himself in a vulnerable vulnerable position uh, is really what they're doing here. So it's Dal Cole's fault, victim blaming, left, right, and center. Yeah, and then after that, there was a phantom goalie interference call. Unbelievable. I'm going to write something about this. I haven't been able to get around to it. Uh, it's going to go up tomorrow about the uncertainty that the uh, language around goalie interference is causing. It happened earlier in this game where the Islanders spotted goalie interference but didn't want to call it back because they didn't think they could win. And then when they do think they could win... It gets called. It gets called a no goal, and they get the penalty for it. And Barry Trotz is sitting here going, "Like guys, what the hell is goalie interference? Because I don't know. I can't in- anticipate when you're going to call something and when not, and when to interfere because I don't know what it is, and that's a problem." Yeah, no, one hundred percent is. I don't understand why it's so difficult for there to be. And I guess it's a judgment call for each referee. So I guess that I'm kind of answering my question as I go, but. It seems like every instance is unique where it's not like, oh, well, that time in this situation, we ruled it a goal. And it's really similar to that. So we're going to this is also going to be a goal. It's, there's like no rhyme or reason for it, I think, is what I want to say. Exactly. There's no like, oh, I can adhere to these rules and apply it. Yes, there's going to be always going to be some subjectivity to it because no, no event is exactly the same. But you can at least refer to something and see like, ah, this is why and this is why not. But that's not the case anymore. And it's it's frustrating as all hell. Now, uh, luckily, the Islanders were able to tie the game before promptly losing in overtime 28 seconds in. But I think which made this game more frustrating besides the referee drama and stuff like that was the Islanders dominated the Rangers. Like that first period of play, they left down one nothing. That was arguably the best period of hockey they played all year. Yeah, and the second period was just as good. It's just the Rangers played a little bit better in that second period. The Islanders were dominant for most of the game. And when I say most, I mean like seven-eighths of it. It's just that one-eighth of it, that's when the Rangers were able to score. That's it. That's it. And they lost. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's frustrating that a couple of lapses, quick lapses, led to a loss, but sometimes in this sport, that's all it takes. Yeah, look, the, we've said it multiple times. The Islanders' margin for win is very thin, or sorry, the margin for error for a loss is is very thin. Now, you know what? I'm not, I'm not even going to keep going there. I'm, I'm screwing myself up and talking. Let's just keep going. Let's just talk about something else. I'm getting frustrated <laughs> and I can't talk. I know exactly what you're trying to say. They have very little margin for error. There you go. Thank you. God, I'm so dumb right now. I'm going to take a drink. Like, that's, that's going to help. Just take a swig. We're fine. We're like cooking right help. along. So that that's what context-wise what you missed this week or things that happened for the New York Islanders games-wise. Again, like Mitch said, Patreon.com. We go 30 minutes on each game. So you're getting like essentially a full podcast after each game. It's wild. Yeah, exactly. And we went not only drama-heavy but Peugeot-heavy on the, on the Rangers one because it was fantastic. 
Absolutely. So with that, before we get to the trade deadline, there was some drama for the New York Islanders a couple of days before. It appeared for about 15 minutes that Ela Sorokin was not a New York Islander to some. <laughs> to one. To, to one. To yes. one very trusted source, right? Like Darren yeah. Drager tweets out that he's getting traded to the Chicago Blackhawks and everyone loses their minds. Uh, rightfully so, because when Darren Drager tweets something, it's not gold, uh, but it's generally pretty solid. It's Bob McKenzie's at the top. Darren Drager is like a few levels below that. You got McKenzie, Friedman, and Drager and, and others there, like Chris Johnson, I believe, uh, John Shannon in that area. Um, so when he tweets that, everyone's going, wait, what? Uh, how is this possible? Why in the world would the Islanders trade Ilya Sorokin? And what the hell could they be getting from the Chicago Blackhawks to trade the best goalie not currently playing in the NHL? Exactly. And I think what made it weird was, so Igor Aranko, who is over in Russia, and he covers the KHL and stuff like that, he quote tweeted a tweet. So the I don't remember who had the original tweet, but that person was basically saying that um, he was going that Sorokin was going to be traded to the Blackhawks and uh, Igor Aranko quote tweets that this is all before the Dreger thing by the way quote tweets that and is like I don't think that's like I don't think that's the case I didn't hear that and there's a 99% chance that he goes over to the NHL next year right it was uh, Sergei Fedotov who says sorry no um, that's the Russian very poorly pronounced by the way uh, this is what Ronko says. Per Sergei Fed- Fedotov, Ilya Sorokin's rights are going to be traded to the Blackhawks soon. I'm hearing the opposite. Lou met Sorokin's agent. There are some requirements from Ilya's side, A and B bonuses, and Euro clause. 99% chance Sorokin coming to the NHL next year. Isles, hashtag Isles, hashtag Blackhawks. There's two wildly different opinions right there. <laughs> Yeah, one really infers that Sorokin is going to come over for the New York Islanders, which is Aranko, and the other is that he's traded. And for, I trust Aranko a lot with the Russian stuff. He seemed to hit the nail on the head with that he didn't want to come over to play for Garth Snow, which was true because then he signed a three-year extension. And then he was talking about how uh, he was interested in the Islanders once they brought in Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz, and now he seemed to reassure that notion with uh, Sorokin being a 99% chance of coming over next year. Exactly. So, But this tweet was done at, at 2.38 p.m. At 2.38 p.m. on February 24th, uh, 21st, sorry, Igor Ronko tweets this out. Um, Darren Drager's first tweet stating that the Islanders had traded him was at 3.15 p.m. Darren Drager had time to go and check that if he wanted to. He had at least, what is it, 45 minutes? Yeah. Just under 45 minutes to go and check to make sure that whatever, you know, counter check his source. He probably had a source saying, like, he's getting traded. Well, there's clearly information out here saying otherwise that I'm sure he has at his disposal. Not only do I know he has Twitter, but I'm sure he has people, like, whispering in his ear saying, like, well, there's other information out there, Derek Drake. Do you sure you don't want to check that out? But he goes, like, don't worry. I've asked his teammates. Who asked, who's, who's talking to teammates? Why would they know all of this information? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's going. Don't worry about it. Who's got who's the source's teammates? Why would they do that? That's, that's poor source 
referral. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for here, but oh, the word you're looking for is poor journalism. Oof, there it is. Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> that's what that was. You're always listen. I am not a journalist. I will put that uh, very much open. I am a fan with opinions who likes to share them. That's not what I'm. What I do. That's not what I want to do. But I did learn that you need at least three people to confirm three different sources to confirm a story before running it. And clearly, he did not do that. No, clearly not. Or he got the three he wanted to confirm it. Right? Like he spoke to two teammates and uh, maybe a third even teammate. Because later, 15 minutes later, not sorry, not even, 12 minutes later, Drager uh, tweets out, Sorokin has not been traded to Chicago, despite the fact his teammates and others in Moscow believed this to be the case. Chicago sources have confirmed no trade, my mistake. Okay, but like, come on, man. Like, you couldn't have checked Chicago sources 12 minutes ago? Yeah, you, you wouldn't think that. He's got to have Islanders and Blackhawks sources, right? Wouldn't you think you'd want to talk to them? Yeah, well, I'm sure the Islanders aren't saying anything because that's Lou right there. But at least Chicago yes. are clearly willing to say something. And again, yeah, Ironko he, had it an hour before. Right, but even if it's not Lou, like, I don't know. Maybe he knows a guy who knows a guy. Maybe, maybe. So he's not being traded. Uh, at least right now, he's not. No, I would be surprised if he was traded, I think. Yeah. Did you see uh, Leonard's response to Jer- Drager's uh, apology tweet? What did he say? He just put a an emoji of uh, the a face with a big nose as if he's lying, like a oh, Pinocchio, like Pinocchio. nose. <laughs> I love Robin Leonard. That's, that's, I mean, I miss him so much. It's so crazy. Just oh, 4.7 thousand likes. Unbelievable. <laughs> Good stuff from Robin Leonard. <laughs> he's, he's a beauty, Robin Leonard. Yeah. So there was a little bit of drama with Ela Sorokin. I figured we, we we hit on that before getting into the trade deadline. Anything else on the Sorokin stuff? Do you think he ever gets traded? No, I really think he's here next year for the Islanders. I think their plan all along was Varlamov and Sorokin. I really do. I would be surprised. It, it, the The fact that they're still haggling A and B bonuses seems kind of weird, but maybe they just started doing that. I, I'm sure they end up at the max because um, why not? Like this. I'm sure he earns them. Maybe, maybe not all of them, but at least some of them. So, like, why not do it? it? It's the only time that he can do it, and he's going to be making money. So if he doesn't get the max uh, bonuses, performance bonuses, that he could just wait a year in the KHL and then come by as a free agent, I believe. So, Yeah. Mm. I, I, I mean, that is certainly an option. I, I don't believe that to happen. I think they're going to be able to figure it out. I really do. But like you said, that is certainly an option that he could do. Yeah. Stay in the KHL one more year and then come as a UFA. And then go wherever the hell he wants. Yay. Don't like that. No. All right. So with that, when we come back, don't you worry. We are going to get into the trade deadline and the crazy day that was deadline day. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. We're going to get into the trade deadline day. And boy, was it a fun one. Rare for the New York Islanders. Rare for even the NHL, man. Like, everyone going into this trade deadline was like, it's going to be a snooze fest. Oh, it's going to suck. And it was, like I told someone on the phone, lit. And then he promptly said, who the hell am I talking to right now? This is not a 34-year-old man. And then I threw you under the bus, Matt, because I said, I do a podcast with a 24-year-old, right? I don't know who I am anymore. I was gonna. I was just gonna say you took the words out of my mouth that uh, my millennial influence is running rubbing off on you. It is because I use lit properly 
uh, in conversation, and my friend had no idea who the hell I was talking, or who the hell was talking on the phone. Anyway, See, it was a great deadline. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, was a, it was a very fun deadline. Lit would be an accurate way to describe how the yeah. deadline went. And specifically, like you said, because of the Islanders, man, like they were active, they were doing things. It was great. So let's start from the top of the day. David Pagnata has pretty much right from the start of the day this morning that the Islanders are in on JG Pasho. And I don't know about you, but my first thought was, all right, they're in on him. Of course, they're going to be in on the best free uh, free agent, the best trade target available. But I'm not ready to get sucked into that just yet. Oh, yeah, exactly. I thought the same thing. Going like, great. Yeah, they're linked. They're linked to a bunch of guys free agency last time and nothing happened. They're linked to a bunch of guys at the trade deadline last year and literally nothing happened. I, at least we had Andy Green, so at least something happened this year at this point. Um, so I, I wasn't, I was excited, but I wasn't buying it. Uh, sorry, it's not that I wasn't buying it. I was waiting to see it confirmed before I got too excited. Yes, I was the same way. Like I saw it, I said, okay, good. This is exactly what we want, but my hopes aren't up yet. I'm just recognizing that this is a good thing. That's it. Exactly. Then a little bit later, comes out, the Islanders have traded for J.G. Pajot. <sighs> oh, I remember where I was, what I was doing. Sitting on the couch wearing exactly what I'm wearing now because this is like my morning lounge wear. Coffee in hand, and then boom, trade confirmed. And you're like, yes! Boom, boom, baby. And it's not like we're super hyped just because it's Peugeot where we are, but it's also they made a trade for a named player that fits the team. Like, it was checking all the boxes. It's not a star player, but it's as close as you can get. Um, I was stoked about that. And then as I was coming down from that high, the the voice inside my head was like, don't forget what we traded. What did we give up? I was just worried we gave up way too much. Yeah, and we'll get to that in just a second. For me, I was when I first found out about it, it was weird how I found out. It's a funny story. I told it on the Patreon, but and I'm going to tell it here also because I know it's a different audience. So I that's the time I teach classes between 9.30 and 11. So I'm in the middle of talking like I'm in radio mode. I'm like, we're going to do this this week, blah, blah, blah. And someone who isn't in the class opens the door. And like I see them in the corner of my eye. I'm like, I'm, I'm just still going. Uh, and then this guy's still here. So I turn over and look and the kid goes, Hey, just wanted to let you know the Islanders traded for Pajot. Thought you wanted to know and closed the door. And I was like, I couldn't even get mad that the class got interrupted. I was like, well, that that's awesome. And that kid's the best. I love that kid. That's amazing, man. Oh, good. Good job by him. Goat move by that kid. Absolutely. So then I didn't find out what they gave up until about 11 o'clock which, as we came to know, was a 2020 first-round pick, a second-round pick, and then a third-round pick in 2021 or two? 2022. There you go. That's what I thought, 2022. And then condition on the first, that it's lottery-protected, and condition on the third, that they have to win the Stanley Cup this year. Nice. (laughs) That's crazy. So that feels good. Uh, I was really worried... Leading up to going like they gave off a first, a prospect, and some sort of conditional pick as a, if he resigns. Um, but then when I saw what came in, I was going, there's no condition on him resigning here. Lou has to know he's getting this guy. Yeah, I would think so. That was my first thought. And I was like, okay, they gave up three draft picks. They have to know that they are 
extending this guy. That was my first thought. Right, and, and again, no conditions on, on resigning. When you look at other yeah. players, like, what is it, Brendan Dillon went for a second and a conditional fourth or something like that, and the condition was on him resigning it, it, again in 2021. Like, there's a, there's a ton of these players that got traded either at or before the deadline where they were bringing back conditional picks on them resigning, whereas you don't have that with Peugeot, and you're going, that that's a that's a power move by Lou saying, like, I don't even need one. I know I'm signing this kid. Yeah, and then he did a couple hours later. Like, it wasn't long that he was on the Islanders as a pending UFA. Exactly. It's hours. And then, boom, I don't think he even left Ottawa, or maybe he was in Columbus, I think it was, uh, before he re-signed that deal. It was ridiculous. Uh, five years, $5 million a piece. Six years, $5 million a piece. Sorry. Yes. Six by five. Thank you. So $30 million richer is... JG Pajot, and he is locked into the island for the next six and a half years. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling pretty good. The, the term is a little long, but he's going to be done by 33, Three. is it? So yep. it's a little old, but like it's not it's not terrible. And it, and again, it's not like he's a power forward who get you know takes a lot of beatings in front of the net. This is a third line center, and he could be an effective third line center for years to come. Just look at how old Valtteri Filippola was and how effective he was. No, exactly. And that's the thing for me is, yes, on the surface, when you say like right in this instance, is $5 million allocated to your third line center on the higher end? Yeah, it is. But when you look at everything that JG Pajot does, I think this is going to end up being worth it in a couple of years, especially when the cap goes up too. Like I'm not worried about that $5 million AAV. I'm really not because he does so much for this team. He's going to put up over 40 points this year. He is a great penalty killer. He can score shorthanded goals. He can play on the power play, and he's a great faceoff guy. He does everything the right way, and now the Islanders are built down the middle long-term with, hopefully long-term, with Barzal, Nelson, Pajot, and Sezikis, and that is a great four-center right there. Exactly. Really, it doesn't get much better. But you also have to look at like the comparables at the league. I keep bringing it up, but Charlie Coyle signed a $5.25 million, sorry, a $31.5 million deal, I believe it was, over six years. He's a third line center for the Boston Bruins. Um, so he's got an AEV of 5.25. He's a third line center. He scores more than, than Peugeot does. Like over their careers, and they started at the same time, I believe, in 2012, um, Coyle has 100 more points than Peugeot. So he definitely scores more than Peugeot does. Um, but is he a better better two-way player? I'm sure he's a fine two-way player, but he's not as good as Peugeot. He doesn't no. kill penalties nearly as well as Peugeot. Um, and uh, you brought up the shorthanded goals. Peugeot's got the second most shorthanded goals in the league since he started scoring shorthanded goals. I think the only person who has more is Brad Marchand. You had that to the Islanders' already stellar power-killing unit? Ridiculous. It should be ridiculous. When Casey Sezikis is healthy, look out. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's really what I'm looking forward to is when Casey Sezakis comes back and this lineup is at full strength. I mean, from top to bottom, they are really good. And we already saw in that first game, I know it's a small sample size, but of what we saw, that third line looked miles better with Pajot and Bailey on it. Exactly. So that's already good. We have more depth. It's not the score that we were at, we were all looking for. It's not a top six player, although he could play top six, right? He played top line minutes for Ottawa. Um but it's not the top six right wing that we were looking for 
ultimately at, at the trade deadline, like the star top six winger that we're looking for. But in terms of his utility for the lineup and what he does for the rest of it, this is a pretty good trade. Right, because now that kind of makes everything else around it better rather than just like replacing the top. Like there's not as much pressure on the top six now, I feel like, because of Pajot and Bailey on the third line. Exactly, right. And and you put a Broussard in a position where he can succeed or he has shown that he can succeed. So that's got to do well. That, that balances out things a little bit more, even within the top six. So it's uh, it's a move forward. It's a step forward. Uh, ideally, you bring him in and a top six right wing, and then you're, you're, you should be in, in contender status at this point. Well, they tried to bring in a top six winger, Mitch. That's true. In, in the best way possible, really. Yes. Yeah, so the guy that we are talking about, if you're living under a rock, is Zach Parise. The former New Jersey Devil, what do you know, a link to Lou Lamarillo, was nearly acquired by the New York Islanders. Now, it didn't happen, even though it seemed for a while that it seemed very possible. And the best part of this deal, as Mitch alluded to, Andrew Ladd was going to go the other way. Yeah, And they both said yes to, to move their, their no-trade clauses. They're both like, yeah, let's get this done. So, so Ladd is okay with leaving, guys and girls. We have to keep this in mind. Ladd is okay leaving. So come summertime, this deal could still get done. And where Ladd goes and we bring in Parise. I understand Parise is already a year older than, than Ladd is, but Parise is already a more effective player than Andrew Ladd is. Yeah, well, Parise has, what, 21 goals this year? He does. That's right. And Ladd has... Two games played. Yeah, I was going to say. Over the last two years, does he, what does he have, six goals maybe? I, that sounds about right. 28 games played, let's say. L- literally 28 games played over the last two years. Uh, Parise already has like three times more than that this year. I, close. Uh, and, uh, God, he has 28 goals last year, 21 this year. So he already has 49 goals over the last two years to Lads. I'm going to say nine. Let's bring it up here. Let's he see. has three. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I think nine? Three. I don't know. Okay. He has oh. 38 goals in his Islanders career. So that starts in 2016, 17. He has 38. Zach Parise has 11 more over the last two years. Wow. It's impressive. It's just a better player. Bigger cap hit, for sure, right? Parise's on like 7, 4, 1, 8, 3, some weird fraction or whatever. It's, uh, it's, it's rounded to 7, 5. I think it's 7, 5, 2, something. Okay. Um, so, like... <laughs> It's a lot more than Lad's 5.5, but you're getting a demonstrably better player. Is he $2 million better than, than Lad? Yeah. If you yeah. just bring it to zero, both guys are making nothing. Is Parise's play worth $2 million more a year than, than Lad? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I agree, definitely. And if you're able to get rid of Lee without, uh, not Lee, excuse me, Lad with attaching a first-round pick to it, a la Michael Grabowski in the expansion draft, then that has to be considered a win. Yeah, so the thing is that, that Minnesota was looking for centers throughout the, the the trade deadline, and the only center that the Islanders really had to trade was Otto Koivula, and he's a fine player, but I, I don't think that tickles Bill Guerin's fancy right, right just yet. No, I don't think so. Their prospect pool is rather weak. Maybe... <laughs> Ruslan Iskakov is maybe the only other center worth a note in the Islander system. Is he even a center? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay, sure, yeah. But, like, maybe. And maybe Lou just didn't want to get rid of him like or move him yet. 
because we don't necessarily know what he is. It's only his second year, although he's playing really well. It's clear they couldn't get it done. They had plenty of time to get it done. I'm sure they revisit this come the summer. If you can offset Andrew Ladd, both teams have to see this as a win, specifically when um, Vegas is coming around. Because if they waive their no trade, then that's a guy that you can protect on the roster, right? Like you move a no trade off the books when it comes to expansion draft. That's huge. Of course. Well, yeah, when... sorry, I'm now just remembering it's a modified no trade for Ladd, so it doesn't even count for expansion draft. Oh uh, yeah, it is a modified. That's right. By then, it is a modified no trade clause. Yes. I forgot that it went new, no move, no trade, modified. No yeah. Trade. So never mind. R- redact that from the record. There you go. That was me rewinding my voice. Completely okay, but <laughs> with Parise, I think it would have been interesting to add that again. Is it risky? Of course, because he's thirty-five years old, and that is a scary cap number. But it would have been a lot of fun in that two or three year window that they would have had with that move at least just this year at the very least this year would have been a lot of fun to bring him in uh and it's clear that Lou's got his head in the right place it's not to say that Zach Parise solves all our problems but his idea is that I need to bring a right shot winger that can play in my top six and add at least 20 goals on the year clearly clearly he feels that way if he wanted to bring in Zach Parise and he tried to do it the most efficient way possible by dumping one of his terrible salaries that are doing nothing for him so, right. good job by Lou. That's a it's a great job, and I like you said, I would not be surprised if this is revisited in July. Yeah, exactly. If not with Zach Parise, but with another team, Adam Henrique maybe. Although, like his Sam, he's not a waste of money, and he's not burning a hole in the Ducks' pockets. I'm sure. So, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe they get back on the horn for Parise. They supposedly talked about it last summer. Right. So, like, this has been in the works for a while. So, I'm sure when, you know, this, the dust settles on the season, they both, like, talk. I mean, draft floor. Hey, what's up? Do you want to do this again? All right. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Could definitely be interesting. So, while we're on the subject of Andrew Ladd, Mitch, I definitely think we should hit on what the heck is his role then on this team? Because he is now... Staying, obviously. They called him up, and they said they were calling him up for the year. He was scratched in their first game since the deadline. Is he going to play on the third line? Is he going to sit on the scratch pad? Like, what What are we doing here with Ladd? I think he's a scratch pad. It's not to say he's only going to stay on that. I'm sure he'll get, like, 10 games through the next 20. Um, but he's going to be thrown in when they, they feel like they need a more veteran presence over, say, Michael Del Cole. And although he might get a run-in, depending on how long Michael Del Cole is out, right? He's day-to-day. So I'm right. sure he, he plays against St. Louis tomorrow. That, uh, yeah, I would I would imagine so. He probably does. So, like, I, I think that's all he's there for right now. It's just we need a guy to – we need a body, a body that we can relatively trust. Uh, and uh, that's you, buddy. So stick around. Yeah, I – are you? Do you have any hope for Andrew Ladd? Like, do you think he could be a okay third liner, or is that ship sailed? Even I hope so, only because I know Lou is shopping him. Okay, and and if he performs well and he can do something and show the league that he can play, then maybe not that it ups his trade value, but it makes his acquisition by another team a little bit more palpable. Right, like maybe take someone takes a flyer on him if the Islanders eat a little bit of the salary. Yeah, and sorry, not palpable, palatable. 
palatable is the word I wanted to use, where they could at least, you know, digest that nugget of Andrew Ladd coming on their team and feel okay about it instead of like, I can't do this. You cannot bring this guy playing two games uh, this year on $5.5 million for the next two years. You can't do it. Or three, is it? Uh, It would be three more after this. Right. So if they can get him to play... Uh, and he plays relatively well, then that'll be good for them. Uh, so he's clearly in the shop window, and I, 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 I don't think anyone could say otherwise. No, I, I agree with you there. He's definitely being. Lou is definitely looking at trying to get him off the team, which is definitely a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that could do well. Uh, it's, it's just, it's a big cap number, so you're gonna have to take a bad number back. And then that's what we're talking about with Zach Parise. It's still a bad number. That's a lot of money for a guy who's 35 years old. For another four years, isn't it? On the contract, five. Five. Oh, that's so long. That's so long. Uh, and that's why they couldn't figure it out, because there's a lot of variables at play. It's who's taking back what, uh, what's more valuable, and, and, and so on and so forth. They, they just couldn't come to terms with it. So, uh, But for Ladman, do, do you think that there's more... That meets the eye. Like, could he do something more this season? No, but my thought was the fact that they called him up and they said, "Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna be here for the rest of the year." That made me feel. My gut reaction was that he's gonna be that he was gonna be in the lineup, like every day type of thing. I thought so because why else would you say make it public knowledge that you're calling him up for the remainder of the year when the only two games he's played in, you've sent him down directly after that. When did they state that they're calling him up for the year, like time-wise? Do you, was it before the deadline shut or afterwards? No, it was after. It was in Lou's press conference okay. at 3, 3.30 or whatever. So I was going to say, if they're doing that, then maybe they, they lip service it again, putting him in the shop window, but that's clearly not the case when you do it afterwards. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I really just think it's adding a veteran body that they can trust, and with the expanded roster, like, why not? Then why send Bellows back down? Uh, because you just aren't going to run him. It's just not. If you have a guy that you trust, they don't necessarily trust Bellows yet, which is ridiculous, but they don't. No, they, they definitely don't. And uh, it doesn't seem like they're willing to give any of the youngsters a shot in terms of, I mean, we saw what happened with Wallstrom. It happened with Bellows. And Quavela played, what, five and a half minutes last night? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and there's something to be said about that as well. So they, they probably also see that as saying, like, we don't trust him enough, but we realize that we don't trust him enough, and we're only going to play him 8 to t- maybe 11 minutes a night, whereas down at Bridgeport, he can be playing closer to 20. So what's better for his development, keeping him here and not playing enough or going there and playing something? There's something to be said about playing NHL minutes. We had this whole discussion with Noah Dobson, um, but there's also something to be gained about playing instead of not. So And the NHL ain't too bad. No, absolutely not. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough watch with 16 out there on the ice, potentially. Yeah, at least 50% of the time. <laughs> oh, boy. So with that, do you want to get into the quiz? Let's do that. I'm, I'm stoked about this one. So this is the 132nd episode of the Eyes on Owls podcast, and we're dedicating this episode to James Wisniewski, who played 32 games for the New York Islanders. Uh, side note, there's, I, I, I believe it's still open, a Canadian chain of restaurants called Moose Winooski's. No relation, but it's a, an actual chain restaurant called Moose Winooski's. Wisniewski's. W-I-S-N-O-O-S-K-I-S. 
ridiculous place. It looks like a log cabin, and it's got a bunch of weird moose all over the place. Okay, good to know. Welcome to Canada. Those are our, like, <laughs> chain restaurants. It's like Kelsey's, almost. Anyway, so I'm going to ask you three questions about James Wisniewski. First one. We know what position he played, but what hand did he shoot? Left? Incorrect. He was a righty. Okay. So, he came to the Islanders by way of trade. What did we give up to get him? I told you it was going to get real hard real quick. Traffic? Okay. Yeah. Yes. All right. I'm going to ask you to be third, more specific I'm gonna say third, this time. Third, third round. Whoa. Yes. It was a conditional was third round, guess. but still a third round pick. So good job by you. There we go. Last question. We traded him out. What did we get in return for Wisniewski? So we traded him like six months later. We got him on July 30th, 2010, and we traded him December 29th, 2010. What did we get in return? I'm going to say a draft pick. I don't know. We got two draft picks. We got a 2011 second round pick and a conditional fifth round pick if the Canadians made the playoffs. And that Wisniewski plays in at least 50% of the Canadians' playoff games, which I believe he did. So we got a second and a fifth for giving up a third on for him. Okay, that was pretty good value then. Good job by Garth on that one. Um, so you got one right. Good job by you, Matt. All right, I'll take it. He was also, I really liked him for his his white tape on his stick, right? He had, and, and a white stick, then he had the ghost stick. I think so, yeah. Which was ridiculous that that was a thing. <laughs> it clearly didn't serve him well, but still. No, it looked cool, though. It sure did. He was a really good shot from the point, but couldn't put it together. Sucks no, to see. I've, unfortunately, uh, he wasn't able to put it together with the Islanders, but we did able, we were able to, rather, learn some information on him tonight, which was a nice trip down memory lane. I forgot. A little bit about him. I forgot he existed. We took the second round pick and drafted Yoan Sundstrom with it. So not much going on there. Thank you, Garth. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's trending on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson here. In the social segment, what's trending on Isles Twitter? Mitch, what do you got for us? Uh, mine comes from a guy, some schmuck online, saying, at Matt O'Leary NY. I don't know if you know who he is. Uh, and it's a tweet here saying, Barzell, Nelson, Peugeot, Sezik is down the middle long term. And it's a picture of Barry Trot smiling. It had 290 likes, so I thought I'd toss this guy a little bit more pity likes. So if you can, you know, maybe follow that guy. I don't know. He's some person. I would say clown, but um, I think that's uh, a nice plug. Thank you. Yeah, I was excited about it. You should be. That That is great depth down the middle. It really is. It's not Matthews Tavares, but who cares? They have Matthews Tavares and no one else. No one. They had Kadri before. At least they had that, and that's gone. Uh, to a guy that they're now going to trade, apparently. So good job by you, Leafs. We got these guys locked up long term. The best third line center in the league, probably. Definitely the best fourth line center in the league, and arguably one of the better third line centers. We got Brock Nelson, who's a pretty damn good second, and Matthew Barzal, who's maybe not a great center, but a good first line player. Yeah, absolutely. I think that good caveat with Barzal, too, by the way. Yeah, so like his his is. Anyways, yeah, we don't need to get more into it. What, what do you have? I have two more after this. Okay. 
I'm going to come in here with Robin Leonard. Uh, so he quote, he tweets after getting traded and he says, taking off to Vegas at Maple Leafs. We were so close. Dot, dot, dot laughing emoji. See you tomorrow, Vegas. Can't wait to join the golden Knights. And it is the infamous picture of John Tavares in the Maple Leafs pajamas with the panda photoshopped over his head. Robin Leonard is a saint of a human being, Mitch. Leonard from the top rope. Boom. Unbelievable. Just TKO over. He wasn't even here when John Tavares. He came in after, like hours afterwards, and he's still salty about it. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, it's. He, he's, I mean, he literally has a tattoo of Long Island on his neck, so he's forever an Islander, right? Like, that's, there's no denying that. No, there's no denying. Again, Robin Leonard had a larger cultural impact on the Islanders in one year than John Tavares had in eight or nine, that's whatever a, it was. It was nine, and that's a damn fact. Yeah. So ridiculous. Um, insane. Good. Oh, man. That's a good tweet. <laughs> God, I love Robin Leonard. Uh, my next one here comes from. Uh, N.Y. Illin, I think it is. N.Y. Illin 311. And it says, this is an amazing jersey foul tape over. And it's uh, a Tavares jersey, I, I guess. Someone taped over it saying, lost to our Zamboni driver. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Merciless. Merciless. We love this. And that was, I mean, can we talk about that for a second? Phenomenal story of the emergency goalie coming in. And having a play for Carolina and, and getting his team a win—that was awesome. It led in two goals real quick, but then s- shut the door after that. You know, and but he was in in net for a while, wasn't he? Like twenty six minutes of action. Yeah, and they only got—I think it was ten shots on him. Yeah, he was—he stopped eight of ten shots. So good job by the Carolina Hurricanes, who went into the de- deadline before this game or a- after mm-hmm. this game, I should say desperately wanting defense. That's why they got Brady Shea in. Uh, and then you look at that and you go like, well, it seems that when they really want to, they could just, they could park the bus in front of the net pretty damn good. I mean, we saw that in the playoffs. Yes. So like, I don't know, man, good job by them. And uh, yeah, big, big shout out to David Ayers. What a, what a, what a beaut. Good for him. Could you imagine like you're a lot younger than he is even, but could you imagine just like having being like, okay, you got to go in now and face shots from John Tavares and Austin Matthews. I'd be shitting bricks. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Jean-Gabriel Peugeot before the trade I'd be puking I'd be so damn nervous I'd let in one I'd let in at least one really soft goal like Tuka what is not Tuka Rask um, what's the guy for the, the old Maple Leafs goalie let one in against the Islanders from like all the way in their end Vesa Toskala okay that's what I'd it, like it would flutter all the way from the other end of the ice and it would still go in on me That that's how bad I would be <laughs> They'd be shooting on you from the other blue Yeah, line. they're just like, oh, like you're going to just sit, park the bus? All right, we'll take long bombs from our own end when we're safe, and I would, they, would, they would win. Yeah, there'd be a lot of icings, but they would probably <laughs> score a lot of goals. Eventually, too. they would win. All right, I got one. I'm going to give you the context of this tweet and then the tweet that I want to talk about. So first, Arthur Staple tweets, Trots on Pajot acquisition. What a great pickup by Lou. The picks are nothing, I can tell you that. A lot of picks never play. And then Arthur Staples says, after the quote, your move, Corey Promen. Now, Corey Promen is a big prospect guy over at The Athletic. He responds with, I appreciate he's fired up as a coach to get a good player. 
so maybe didn't portray it eloquently. The theme of the message isn't wrong. Draft picks have a high miss rate, but not exactly respectful to the Islanders' amateur scouts. Also, how does he think Ottawa got Pajot? Nerd. (sighs) God almighty. Like, come on, Corey. Like, yeah, there's a lot of picks that don't work out. Like, just look at 20... I don't want to take 2015 because that's not too long ago. Well, yeah, let's say that's, what, five years ago? Five years. Uh, It will be five years now. Like, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys here who've played less than a season. Eight that have played less than a season in the NHL combined like from the first round i'm assuming right just the first round sorry you're right just the first round so and that, that's the the big the big fish in in that and then you got the second round pick and you got one two three four five six seven eight nine players who haven't played a single nhl game in the 2015 second round let alone guys who haven't played a full season yet there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten 10 plus a 9, 19, more than half of the second round have yet to play a full season in the NHL. And most of them haven't even played a game. So, like, yeah, the picks, they're, they're fodder. And it, it's not to say, like, there's no disparage comment or disparaging comment against the, the scouting staff. It's not like you guys can't do your job right. No, it's because no one knows what these guys are going to be at a different level of play. I think that's fairly obvious. Yeah, and also it's... I I don't care about the picks because we're in a window where we need to win right now. I, I don't worry about five years. I mean, because let's face it, 2016, Kiefer Bellows, that's four years ago. He just got called up, and they only play him nine minutes a night. They, he barely plays. 2018 draft, you got two gems in Oliver Wallstrom and Noah Dobson. The, the Barry Trotz won't put them out on the ice either. So what does this mean? You're going to have to wait at least three to five years before you are getting any reasonable return on these guys. And on top of that, Mitch, you're assuming this first round pick is probably somewhere between 20 and 31. The chances of that player having any kind of impact while Barry Trotz is still the coach of this team is slim to none. Yeah, again, the only reason, the only way that a player is going to step into this team in a year or, or maybe even two is if he's drafted in the first, in the top 10. And like you said, the Islanders aren't drafting in the top 10. They're just not. I'll, I guess it's it's entirely mathematically possible, but it's... It's not going to happen. Mathematically unlikely at this point. Um, so, like, it's going to be a top 20 pick. Who cares? And even if you look at it this way of like, yes, they're expendable. Well, they are because they have value and we need to bring value back. Not in, like you said, three years from now, we need value today. And to do that, we have to take the value that we have in a couple of years and try to mortgage and mortgage that so we can get value today. And that's what they did. So like, come on, Corey, I understand like prospect guy. I, I get it. This is your bread and butter, but like staple goaded him first off. So like maybe I shouldn't be so mad at that. Pronman for you know staking his claim on his turf, but still, just like, come on, man, just just don't just don't go for it. I don't know, and I feel like just a quick spinoff on this. I don't think a lot of people understand understood how desperate the Islanders were, and like I I saw Lamarillo getting killed on draft on a trade deadline day yeah. by people around the league. Islanders fans, pretty much, I'm gonna say 99 percent of Islanders fans were beyond thrilled 
It's because of the first round pick. If it was anything but a first round pick, this trade goes from a C minus to an A plus. Yeah, and I, I I don't know. I it was I think it's worth it. Everyone else around the league is like lose it lose a dinosaur anytime you got to trade for a third liner and then extend them to five million dollars a year. You have to do it. There was a lot of that, and it's just like you don't understand what you're watching, especially when it's coming from a Twitter account that's from a team that just lost a game to a goalie who <laughs> is also a Zamboni driver. <laughs> And uh, your team is way underachieving for the second year in a row. Just wanted to put that out there. Um, they would not be in a playoff like, position if they were in the Metropolitan no. Division. Right. If the season ended today, where would they be? All, all that fun stuff. And, uh, oh, oh by, by the way, um, when was the last time they did anything in the playoffs mm-hmm. or anything in general? Just a lot of variables being thrown out here. But if you watched less than – three Islander games this year. Maybe don't have an opinion on it. Maybe you don't. Look, there's a reason Lou makes the makes very few moves. It's because he makes structured, critical moves that he's guaranteed to win, at least in his own mind. Whereas you got Kyle Dubas. Do you know how many trades he's made this year? Since, and I'm going as of July 1? Uh, 10? 11. 11! <laughs> I took that from the movie. <laughs> He's just firing stuff out. He's just left and right. tossing like whatever he can and see what sticks is what he's doing. That's a GM who doesn't know what he's doing. Yep, uh, at least not yet. He's panicking because he knows that his team's underachieving right now. Exactly. With all the talent they have. Oh. But I just wanted to get that out there. Sorry. No, that's had to talk about it. quite all right. It feels good to get it out. You have one more? Uh, yeah, so last one comes from at sends underscore army underscore. Uh, so this is an Ottawa account. Uh, my okay. people. Uh, saying, hashtag Isles fans don't mess around. And it's a picture of the pregame for the Rangers game. And it's a guy at uh, along the glass with a Peugeot jersey. Numbered, lettered, everything. Stitched. Just bought a wow. fresh Peugeot jersey. And he's like, man, they do not mess around. No, we don't, sir. No, we do not. The Islanders and, fans uh, do not mess around. When we get a new guy, we love him and embrace him right away. And the Pajot chants going. I saw a lot of people, a lot of Ottawa fans loving that too. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, good job, Islanders fans. You've done yourself proud. Absolutely. So let's just get a couple of plugs in here before we wrap it up. Wherever you're listening to this show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review. really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. Also, if you're interested, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles, five bucks a month. Gets you post-game podcasts, mailbag podcasts, and so much more. Definitely worthwhile if you're interested in checking that out. You could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. Or if you prefer, just visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. And, of course, follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is TLO Mitch. And you could also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Mitch, episode 132 in the books. It was a fun one. Boy, love the deadline time. It was a great deadline. I wish there was another one. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.